everybody, welcome back. It is another special episode of TML Talking. I am your host, Chris Lund, and joining me for our kind of special Calder Cup playoff coverage, as we have had for this last little while, is the voice of the Toronto Marlies, Mr. Todd Crocker. Todd, how are you today? Uh, pretty good. I'm excited. You know, I, I just want to see this get started and, and get into it, and uh, and I think uh, I, I think sometimes a layoff can be good, but uh, I, I like to see it just keep rolling. It's one of the anomalies of the American Hockey League, I know, but... Uh, uh, building availability, et cetera, et cetera. But, wow, I just would like to see it keep rolling. And you would like to see it keep rolling because when you think of the, just the way Series 1 went, uh, where you know the Marlies go into Bridgeport, win a couple tough games by, by three-goal margins, and then to win Game 3 in the fashion that they did, and for those that perhaps missed the boat on that one, the Marlies go down 4-1 in the second period to the Bridgeport Sound Tigers and immediately score three unanswered goals to end the second period, pot two quick ones to begin the third, and more or less put it in cruise control to a 6-4 final. That was a pretty incredible showing because I think we all knew that this team was special, but a lot of teams, you get in that situation and in the first real elimination game of the postseason, you go down three goals, uh, you, you, t- you tend to expect the eyes to maybe bug out a little bit and you look up at the scoreboard, but that was pretty incredible. And I think for a lot of people who are perhaps seeing their first Marley's game of the season that night in this building at Rico Coliseum, we're in the press box actually at Rico Coliseum, yeah. for those uh, wondering, I think you just kind of saw everybody take a step back and go, wow. Uh, and for those folks who didn't see a lot of Marley's games this year, I could see where they, the tension that they might have been feeling yeah. uh, down 4-1, thinking, oh, my goodness, what, what game did I show up to? Uh, never a doubt for me. I, I have seen this team do some amazing things down by uh, a number of goals, and uh, uh, I, I just... I just don't think they're ever out of it, and and, and so for me, when uh, the second goal got scored and then it just rolled on from there, mm-hmm. I, I felt it was coming, and and I knew that at some point a, a floodgate would open and and the goals would come. Um, it was a it, it's a tough series because this is a, a the Marlies are a quality team, and Bridgeport. You know, they're a good team too. They they worked hard in that, but they just didn't have the skill that the Marlies had. Uh, this next opponent does. Yes, absolutely. And we can pivot to that. And it's funny that you said, uh, not a doubt, uh, when they were down 4 1, because I had a couple of conversations with people just roaming around the building when they went down 4 1. <laughs> and I said, yeah, Garrett Sparks comes in for Antoine Bebo. And they're like, oh, what's going to happen? Like, and, and I said, early November. Toronto's down 8-4 in St. John's. Exactly. Garrett Sparks comes in, they win 9-8 in overtime. This is fine. And then right after that, the, the second <laughs> goal goes in the net. So I felt pretty clever all of a sudden. Yeah, I agree. And that was a heck of a way to end round one. A uh, three-game sweep at the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. But the AHL is a funny thing. And now the Marlies face what, who could be their, their toughest opponent yeah. if, if, through the entire I would agree. Call the Cup playoffs. The Albany Devils, it's a first place in the AHL versus a third place in the AHL matchup. Probably the best defensive team in the AHL when you look at the goals against and then obviously the, the Devils play the maximum number of games in the AHL. Yeah, yeah, because Ontario played played 68 games. Uh, although, if you look at percentages, you know, uh, the, then definitely Ontario has uh, the edge there, but they also played eight less games. And, and you know, I know percentages can sometimes work themselves out in those last eight games uh, to be quite uh, quite good. Now we haven't seen Ontario this year, so you can't really 
you know compare but Albany is a, a, as good a defense as uh, anybody that uh, the Marlies have faced this year including the Marlies who have an incredible defense as well uh, that uh, is just uh, often overlooked because of all the offense that they score in first thing off the bat when you ask players about the Albany Devils they talk about that tight defensive game they talk about their their ability to hold on to the puck much like the Marlies in a lot of ways this is kind of a shadow boxing type of game where you get teams that both play a heavy possession style they both are tight defensively and they don't really concede a whole lot obviously Albany with uh, the better goals against record at the moment uh yeah I I would I would think what you want to look if you're looking at goals for and against uh if if you want to look for for positives, I think the what you want to look at is uh, uh, the goal differential. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, when you're talking 100 plus goal differential for the Toronto Marlies, you're, you're talking about a huge, huge differential. Yes. That's not just kind of hey, this is you know, this That's is not a couple blow. Yeah, wins. no, this is <laughs> you know, and and let's face it, the Marlies have had uh, nine nothing and and scored nine goals in games uh, four I think four times this year and the whole league didn't do that yeah. so uh, you know they, it, it obviously it obviously has the offense um, but I, I really think that one of the most overlooked pieces of this of this Marley's club is is you know the guys uh, like Andrew Campbell who, who will be out for this series but uh, but guys like uh, Valia guys who just joined, like Connor Carrick. These guys, uh, Stu Percy, Victor Louvre, uh, kept the puck out of the net and and kept the goaltender from seeing impossible shots. And, uh, and, and while that was a work in progress early, boy, did it ever look good late. And you... We can touch on Andrew Campbell's injury. Obviously, he's been ruled out for the series by Sheldon Keefe, uh, who spoke with media a moment ago. I see this as more of an opportunity. It's a devastating loss. Obviously, we talked about the importance of Andrew Campbell, and, and I think we both kind of agreed that they probably don't get to this point uh, without him Absolutely over not. the course of the regular season. To me, I kind of look at this as an opportunity and a challenge to guys who are the veteran. Everybody's pretty young, but the veteran players like a TJ Brennan, a Stuart Percy, guys who have been through the battles at this level, who have worn letters for this club. And, and you also have an opportunity now for younger players to really kind of seize the opportunity, like a newcomer like Honor Carrick, Victor Love, sure. uh, Renat Valia, those types of guys. If you're going to lose a leader, now's a good time because you in the in any league probably but more so in the american league uh because you've had a whole summer of guys who will now or a whole winter rather of guys who have become leaders on your hockey team so um they've seen what he's done they see how it is done uh so so it's never a good time to lose a guy like andrew campbell he's just such an integral part of this team uh but if you're going to do it uh having all that experience under the belts of uh, you know guys like Sam Carrick and Josh Levo and, and you know you still got guys like Rich Clune out there it's important it's important to have that calming influence William Nylander also expected to miss that. I can't believe I just referenced Rich Clune and calming influence in uh, the yeah, same sense yeah you would figure if anything he'd be the guy to, <laughs> to push it to push it over the limit but uh, obviously Richard Clune has done a fantastic job as a, as a veteran player with the Marlies this season and I think you see that when you hear other players talking about him oh, yeah. and what he means to them. William Nylander also is slated to miss the, the first day or two of the series. He's, he's listed day-to-day at the moment, but obviously the Marlies with no shortage of depth up front uh, and, and additional newcomers now with, when you look at a guy like Andreas Janssen, who's coming off of a Swedish Hockey League championship. So not a bad guy to have waiting in the wings if you're the Toronto Marlies. 
And looking at this series, I mean, I think it's we, we almost belabor this point as people in hockey now where the modern game special teams are so important. But I think yeah. if you look at this series in particular, the Albany Devils have yet to concede a power play goal to this point. The Marlies finally look like they got their power play clicking at the end of that Bridgeport series. Uh, Connor Carrick, of course, with a fantastic show on yeah. game three. That, to me, could really kind of tip the balance, particularly as you get into those close games, which I expect a lot of this series. Well, I, I think you're right, and I, th- I you know, I, I hesitate to put too much emphasis on it because uh, five on five is where the Marlies have buttered their bread all year long. Uh, so I, I say that. Um, but, uh, you know, when you're talking about a team that scored four out of 16 on the on the power play, as the uh, Devils have already, now, albeit it's one round of hockey sure where you can't uh, you can't hang your hat on that necessarily but you you can spot some trends they've done well on the pk um one of the things i i hesitate when people talk about special teams and the and the role that special teams plays in uh in in playoff games i know you get an extra man against another quality team uh but you you're also playing another quality teams quality PK and the and the Marley's PK has been great all year as is Albany you know they they had one of the top uh, PKs in the league so uh, you know I I question sometimes I know everything rises so that if the tide rises it rises everything not just uh, not just the 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 special teams uh, I, I really think that when you look at uh, guys who are uh, wh- or what's changed the Marley's power play has changed when you add Connor Carrick in on the power play so you got to respect TJ Brennan and the shot he has on the power play and the redirect and all the things that happen there now you got to respect Connor Carrick on the power play who can actually score from that position too that makes defending that power play a little bit more difficult than what maybe the Utica Comets brought against the Devils I think one thing and that's a great point I think one thing, broadly speaking, when we look at the just the general quality of the series, especially now that we're getting into the second round of the playoffs here, uh, and one thing that I think is a bit of a departure from round one, is you look at the number of players between these two rosters that have played NHL games. Uh, by my by my count, you're at 34 players. Obviously, the Marlies they kind of inflate that a little bit when you look at the guys who yeah, came up sure. for a cup of coffee. But you know, this is I think between the two teams, you're looking at roughly 450 NHL games played between the clubs, which is an uptick from what you would see in round one of the playoffs when the oh, yeah. NHL playoffs are still in play yeah. and you have more of a carryover here. What what do you expect knowing that you have that extra level of experience at different levels of hockey, you have more kind of things to draw from? To me, that, that could play a big factor. And I think we saw that in round one where a lot of these guys who have played varying levels, and obviously a guy like Ben Smith has played more than a guy like Zach Hyman, but I think you saw that just that calmness and that ability to make plays at a higher level that maybe you might not have seen earlier in the year. The, the Calder Cup playoffs are a lot like the NHL regular season. Uh, so when guys make that jump to uh, out of the AHL to the NHL, it's almost, almost the same kind of jump they make from regular season to, or beginning of regular season, to Calder Cup playoffs. It, everyone is just that much better and as the rounds move along they're just that much better and so by the time you get to the final you've almost hit into a first or second round of the NHL playoffs uh, it's just that little lag behind of, of the NHL and, and the speed and of course 
the other thing is teams don't get this far generally and and by this far i mean albany being as good as they were in the regular season and the marley's being as good as they were without having four quality lines that you can rely on so uh when i look at when i look at what these two teams ought to bring in this seven game series uh i, I see a very nhl level of product and that bodes well for guys that have NHL experience. The guys who don't and the guys who are rookies, and you often find this, is they don't find their way in the playoffs in the first go-around because it's very difficult to match that speed. It's a benefit that, you know, guys like Nylander, Kapanen, Hyman, they all went up, Soshnikov, they all went up, Connor Brown, can't go through all the guys. We haven't got that kind of time. The, uh, but, it's, uh, um, but all those guys uh, got NHL experience because they already know the speed now. <laughs> they know the speed that the AHL playoffs is going to work at. And uh, and now, you know, really it's just about executing at that NHL regular season uh, speed as well and, and doing it consistently. One thing that I think we talk about a lot at the NHL level in Toronto is you always see the players who come home to a lot of family and friends in the stands always put put on a good show at Air Canada Centre. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this series has a bit of that flavor as well. I, by my count, there are seven Albany Devils, including Coach Kowalski, with ties to the Southern Ontario area, the Toronto hockey scene. Uh, do you think that that plays a factor at all in, in how, you know, maybe you see just a little bit more from those half dozen people? Works for and against you. I've noticed it many, many years in Hamilton when the Bulldogs were the only team in southern Ontario, they would, uh, you know, they would often have guys come in and, and light it up, and you would often have guys come in and squeeze the stick just a little too hard because mom and dad were in the crowd, and uh, so it, it, it can work for you. Um, and I've also seen, uh, I've also seen it work against you in a playoff series because what happens is you come in for a special one game, you do something spectacular, it's great. Now you got to sustain it, and if you have you know the family and friends on your mind that's not sustainable it's definitely a tricky thing when you know mom dad significant other brother sister all in the crowd you feel that on you we also have a bit of a body of work too because we talked about heading into the bridgeport series that the marley's haven't played the bridgeport town tigers in some time that was the first matchup right uh, the video scanning would be very important in, in that element of the game this series, there have been six matchups between the Albany Devils and the Toronto Marlies. The Marlies with a 4-2 and two record. I think we could probably throw the wins and losses out the window, given the amount of flux that both lineups have seen. Uh, particularly, you think October, November, that's that's three games, and you know there's a lot of change uh, in and around that time and, and back again at the end of the season. Yeah. But from what you've seen from your perch, uh, what do the Albany Devils bring uh, on a night-in, night-out basis in the six times that you've seen them this season? They smother you. They, they absolutely smother your opportunities. Uh, they have they play a system that is uh, designed to think about keeping the puck out of the net first. I know that's no surprise to people who are New Jersey aficionados or, or understand how New Jersey played the game for so long. Uh, but it, it's one thing to have that system. It's quite another to execute it. And, and for a long time, uh, Albany didn't execute it. Mm -hmm. And in fact, they were asked to play this system by the New Jersey Devils for years and years and years that they didn't have the horses to play. Uh, and now they do. 
And when you can execute the system that they play that is all about uh, you know, closing the gap with people, making sure you're tight to them so that, you know, you almost draw a penalty, but not quite. And then, uh, you know, you're looking at, you're looking at a, a, a crew that can execute it here with the Albany Devils. Uh, can they execute it consistently against uh, the Marlies and the creative uh, play and the quick passing and uh, the uh, skill level of it? Uh, as long as the Marlies continue to play that, uh, well, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm not prepared to say yes or no, but I, I lean toward they aren't going to be able to get it done. Um, but if they, if the Marlies have those first periods like they've had in the last few games, uh, they could be in trouble. They, they, this, it's cliche, but in this series, it will be accurate. The team that plays the most minutes consistently is going to win this series. Talking about when Albany perhaps couldn't get it done, you've got me warm and fuzzy for the Albany uh, River Rats era. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, I miss that logo, and but that, that I guess I don't I, I don't miss going to the barn and having 800 people be in the Pepsi Center in uh, in uh, Albany. That was just a that was just a really horrible experience. It is always preferable, no matter if you're on the road or at home, to have people in the barn. It's so important. Just you know, and that's just from my part from a broadcast standpoint absolutely it uh the the energy host, the hostile crowd and, and Th- that makes a, makes a big difference yeah. to everybody and with that in mind i mean you you think of how important it'll be for albany to stay on top of the marlies to take away those gaps to limit the ability to make a clean first pass out of the zone are there any players that come right into your mind who have perhaps played a big role against albany in the games this season and will need to step it up another level in the playoffs a guy who is uh, likely going to be in the lineup, but uh, you know, you might have said you scratch your head about is Tobias Limber, and you say, well, why, why is he uh, not in the lineup? Or well, there's, there's a lot of talent on this team, and who do you take out, and who do you put in? And and Tobias Limberg has uh, done well against Albany, and and both with Binghamton and with Toronto. So you know, I mean, I find it hard to keep him out of the lineup because he's he's uh, had some success. And can I figure out why that success is? Absolutely not. He just seems to uh, be able to put it together against them. Uh, other players that I, I would be obvious, uh, guys like Mark Arcabello, who in his first game back with the, or back, first game with the Toronto Marlies, uh, was in Albany on a Sunday afternoon, three and three, scores the game tying goal, and then scores the game-winning goal in overtime. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Mark Arcabello is a guy who I think in this series uh, will be um, one of those difference makers that, that you may not see night in, night out, but you will at the end of the series say, that was the reason. That's a great point. You, you think of a guy like Tobias Lindbergh, just his ability to stand at the height and weight that he does. Yeah. And then you factor in his speed and his skating ability and that shot. Yeah. He, he's, you can see why he'd be a handful for any team with a defensive mindset. Uh, while we're here, I thought it would be appropriate to send a shout-out to the Zamboni driver here at Rico Coliseum, providing some nice ambiance for all of you. We want to give that authentic AHL rink feel. I know, it's good. I love it's, it. It's nice. It's it's uh, we're, we're adding some, some sound effect. And well, why not be? You know, I mean, like, you know, if you're talking hockey, why not be in the rink? It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. So hopefully we've added some 
Zamboni, warm and fuzzies to your commute wherever you are or however you're listening to this. Maybe you're trying to drown out your boss at work. <laughs> and just broadly speaking, uh, just any expectations for the series. Not necessarily going to ask you to pick a who's going to win and how many games, but no. just uh, things you'd expect to see over the course of however long it goes. I would be stunned if we don't see overtime uh, a lot. Uh, I would be stunned if uh, obviously that kind of indicates one goal games, but I would be shocked if any of these games got out of hand uh, from, a, from a physical standpoint. I think these two teams are highly committed to the systems that they play and you're going to see some high quality hockey uh, and I don't think any of these games are going to be of the variety that uh, you say at the end of it, wow that team thoroughly dominated the other one. Um, you know, I mean, not unless it, to me, not unless it goes up three bagel and, and you get into that fourth game and, then, you know, things might get a little weird. But but I think each game is going to be just uh, uh, all out final seconds kind of stuff. Well said. Certainly an exciting time to be around the Toronto Marlies here at Rico Coliseum. It's been a long wait, but finally we're about to get paid off here for game one uh, coming up on Wednesday night. Get your tickets at marlies.ca. Come down to Rico Coliseum. If you can't make it down on a Wednesday for game game one, we'll happily have you a Friday night for game two. And Marley's Devil should be a great time. Todd, thank you very much for joining me. And for those of you looking to follow up on all your Marley's news, give Todd a follow on Twitter and Instagram, at HockeyCroc. He's got your line combos. He's got your comments. He's got your photo, video, you name it. He's got it covered. And he's the number one source for all your Marley's news. The ultimate Toronto Marley's insider might want to trademark that one yeah well we'll try yeah <laughs> ultimate i like that yeah, well, now we go now we go and with that thank you very much for listening everybody we'll be back with another episode of toronto marley's talk here on tml talking very soon hopefully and we're also looking to have another full-length episode of tml talking in your ear in the very near future thank you for listening we'll be back and we'll talk to you next time